You're listening to the Transcend Podcast. I'm your host, Asha Wilkerson, an attorney by training and an educator at heart. This podcast is all about empowering you to build a business and leave a legacy. Here's the thing. The wealth gap in America is consistently increasing. And while full-time entrepreneurship is not for everyone, even a side hustle can change your financial landscape if you're intentional about using your business to build wealth. I've run my own law firm for over 10 years, and in that time, I've helped countless California businesses go from idea to six figures. On this podcast, we talk about what it truly takes to build a sustainable business and find financial freedom. Let's dive in. Welcome back to another episode of Transcend the Podcast. Like always, I am super excited to have you here today. Today, I'm going to be talking about five mistakes that new business owners make. So this year in, uh, what year are we in? 2022. Okay, let me just tell you this. As I'm recording this, we're only on day 13 of the new year. And I feel like every day this week has been a Monday. Every single day this week has felt like a Monday. I know that Mercury is getting ready to go into retrograde. I think on Friday, I have uh, been following my favorite astrologer, uh, Leslie Tagorda, who you heard a couple episodes back talking about what's going to happen in the new year, like the different energies of the planets and things like that in the new year. But anyway, she made a post about Mercury going into retrograde or being in retrograde and said, every time that Mercury goes into retrograde, which last year it happened three times and we felt it every single time, that that is the time to step back and rest and to go in, be a little bit more introspective. So you hear things like technology not working, you know, someone's Zoom is not working, my podcast is not recording, things like that. Like anything to do with technology seems to be on the fritz um, during Mercury and retrograde. But what that supposedly is really asking us to do is to sit back and to be a little bit more introspective and just chill for a little bit. I don't know exactly how long this retrograde is supposed to last, but I will definitely look it up and get back to you all with that. But uh, if you're feeling a little bit like me on this 13th day of the new year, where every day this week has felt like a Monday or things may feel like you are pushing or you know things aren't just going quite right, I encourage you to take a step back. And I'm going to take my own advice too. I'm going to pull back a little bit, but some of the things that have me a little bit more tight, I feel like tightness in my body is that classes are getting ready to start at the community college and the paralegal program. So I'm doing that. I'm doing equity training this year at the paralegal program. So I've got a couple presentations and things like that. Uh, Just transitioning into being a homeowner and trying to get the business set up around that. Goodness, what else? Actually running and transcend the membership and trying to revamp some marketing around that. So there's just lots of things going on. But I have committed to getting up from the computer every day at 5.30. And even though, you know, the idea of having my own business is so that I can work less, but when I'm working from home, it seems like it's so much easier to work more. And then, of course, I've kind of got two full-time jobs and there's a bunch of stuff to do. So my encouragement to you in this time, Mercury retrograde or not, is to really just think about how do you need to rest? How can you pull back a little bit? And how can you give yourself that space that you need? So for me, I'm committing to getting out from the computer no later than five o'clock. Most days I want to be up way before then. I realize that my brain does not quite shut down (laughs) in the same way or in enough time if I'm working past 5.30. I'll be up until, I don't know, like midnight, just trying to relax, reading a book or listening to music or doing cooking or whatever, taking care of the house, things like that. So uh, yeah, so I'm going to take a deep breath and uh, keep it moving, but keep it moving from a place of rest. And I encourage you to do the same. 
So what I was going to talk to you about, what I'm going to get back to talking talking to you about now is five mistakes new business owners make. Um, the month of January, I'm talking a lot about LLCs and business formation, things like that. And I just want to make sure that if you are a new business owner, that you're not going to make these five mistakes. So let's get right to it. All right. Number one is waiting to file an LLC or a corporation until you have a certain amount of money. Now, I perfectly acknowledge and and totally admit that the advice that you might get from a CPA is going to be a little bit different than the advice that you would get from an attorney on this issue, right? CPAs are working with taxes and they are primarily looking at the tax savings that you will receive when you have an LLC or a corporation. Attorneys, on the other hand, we're looking at liability. You know, how can you protect yourself and your new business venture and sort of protect yourself from your new business adventure as soon as possible. So one reason to start an LLC early is if you plan on ordering supplies or if you need to take out a line of credit or anything that you need to do, any infusion of capital you need to invest into the business to get it up and off the ground, you want to make sure that you are protected in case you're not able to pay that money back. Or if you're ordering supplies from a bunch of places, let's say you're starting, let's say a bookstore. So you've got to order inventory and you're only, you know, you've got to order all of the inventory before the doors actually open, before you actually make any sales. So you'll be on the hook for that if the business goes belly up in three months and you haven't actually paid all of that money back. So As a rule of thumb, you want to take out any debt or liability for the business in the name of the business. Now, granted, I understand that as a new business owner, you're not going to have business credit. So you're probably not going to be able to get a business credit card. But again, if you have to order supplies, you put down the business name and then that debt or that responsibility, that liability is tied to the business. Now, let me also flip the script for you a little bit. As attorneys, we talk about liability, liability protection. We talk about all the worst case scenarios and we do a lot of, I won't say fear mongering quite, but we talk about, you know, the risks, the things that could go wrong. That's exactly what we're trained to do. But as your business coach, I am also going to remind you that starting an LLC or a corporation is really the foundation for the growth of your business. You should not build a business, build a big empire, build a big business on top of a sole proprietorship because there's no separation between you and the business. Also, as an LLC owner or a corporation owner, if you operate at a loss that first year, second year, you get to write those losses off and reduce your taxable liability. Maybe maybe your taxable income goes down to zero. You also can run different things through your business, like your health insurance, your bills, uh, including your internet and your cell phone. All of us are probably doing some work on our cell phones these days. So those all become business expenses, even if they're not in the name of the business. But if you're using them to help you run your business, then the IRS allows you to take those deductions or I'm not sure if it's a a deduction or just a reduction in your taxable liability, right? So those are some things that will benefit you. The the LLC or the corporation really is the foundation that you need to build a strong business that's ultimately going to put you in a financial position to win and to leave a legacy. Think about your business as a third party. Pretend like you're going to get a job from one of these big businesses out here, like, I don't know, Facebook or Google or even a school district, right? What are all of the benefits that you look for if you are looking for a job from an employer? All of those benefits you can incorporate into your own business. 
So you need to stop thinking about your business as just a little thing that you're doing on the side, just a little hobby. You want to start thinking of your business as a business and treat it as such. And if you went to go work for another business, how much more confidence would you have if that business was an LLC or a corporation and not just a sole proprietor, you know, paying you from the profits that they're making, okay? So you don't need to wait until you're making a certain amount of money to form an LLC or a corporation. Those business entities afford you so many more opportunities than just tax savings. They set you up to be able to grow, to sell, to bring on other business owners, to take on investors, things like that. You want to make sure you have them set up. In addition, they protect you from liability. Your personal assets get protected from the business debt and your business assets get protected from your personal debt. So there isn't any really, really good reason to wait to not form your LLC or corporation because in my opinion, my professional opinion, the benefits outweigh the cons of forming a business early. All right, moving on to number two. Number two is not finishing the proper business formation paperwork. Now, this is why I encourage people to speak to an attorney or to take my course from me to LLC on forming your California LLC. And the reason is because many people have no problem filing the initial paperwork with the Secretary of State in California, or if you're in another state, whichever entity in the government houses the business entities. But most people don't take the next steps to create their operating agreement. Most folks do get their federal employee number or their tax identification number because you need that to open a bank account. But, you know, most people aren't following through on all the little steps that need to be taken, like switching things into the name of the business, switching your accounts, especially if you started out as a sole proprietor for a little bit of time, switching all of those accounts or vendor accounts into the name of the business, things like that. You want to make sure that you follow through with the complete process of setting up your business entity. That also includes registering with the city that you're in for a business license. That includes getting prepared to pay quarterly taxes. That's actually my number three for that. Um, And doing all of the little things that you need to do to register your business. So it's not enough just to get set up with the Secretary of State in California There are other steps that really become important. Like some of these things aren't important until they're important, right? There's a case that I read about in law school. Is it law school? Maybe it was at a conference. I think it was at a business conference talking about the importance of really following through with the paperwork. And uh, there was a corporation that had formed. They were in Washington and there was a board of directors, maybe like five or six board of board members that were on there and they decided to get rid of one of the board members. So they voted him off the board at a meeting that he was not present at. And this individual was extremely upset. So he filed a lawsuit, went to court in the state of Washington, and the judge asked for the business formation paperwork not just with the government entity, but also what about the bylaws for the corporation and the first recorded meeting minutes for the corporation and any minutes that said, you know, this is how the meeting was going to go. And this was going to be the process for notifying the individual who was removed from the board that he was going to be removed. The corporation didn't have their initial meeting minutes. And that's one of those things that is actually required by law, but it doesn't get checked until it gets checked, like by a judge, right? So many people don't actually follow those, follow through with those steps because they're just thinking publicly I'm registered. 
So the judge said, you don't have your initial meeting minutes. You actually haven't complied with the steps to properly form a corporation here in Washington. And even though you've been, quote unquote, in business for the past two years, you didn't do it right. I'm shutting the whole thing down and you have to start over completely. So the person who had incorporated the business had to then start again from scratch. So everybody lost their position. The business had to restart. Now, that is, I wouldn't even say an extreme example because that has happened and may continue to happen. I don't want that to happen to you. So make sure that when you form your business, you get ready that you speak to an attorney who can walk you through the process or tell you all the things that you need to do and that you actually complete all of the steps even the steps that don't require you to send out your documentation to a third party. Because if there ever is an issue, you need to have those internal documents in place to protect you. Are you ready to form your California LLC? Well, guess what? I have the solution for you. In my pre-recorded online video instructions called From Me to LLC, In that course, which is not really a course because it's not that long, uh, I walk you through the exact steps that I take as an attorney to form California LLCs for my clients. Now, why is this better than doing it on your own or using LegalZoom? It's because I've formed hundreds of LLCs at this point, and I know all of the sticking points that get people into trouble. So as I'm walking you through the process, I'm also explaining to you why I'm doing the things that I'm doing and what choices you can make that will best protect your business. So if you're ready to form your California LLC, head on over to transcendthemembership.com slash LLC and sign up today and your business. Number three is not paying quarterly taxes. So this is the third mistake that new business owners make. Paying quarterly taxes, paying taxes in general just causes anxiety for a lot of folks, right? But I encourage you when you start a business to get together with a bookkeeper right away and get your system set up for doing your accounting. And then ask your bookkeeper to let you know each quarter what you owe in quarterly taxes. Now, here's the thing. In California, California has a minimum $800 tax for LLC owners and corporation owners. Now, a lot of people call this a fee because the Franchise Tax Board does also refer to it as a fee, but really what it is is a minimum tax. So it's actually $800 minimum tax for businesses, I think, earning less than $250,000 a year, but we should all double check on that. I don't want to state it wrong. So double check on that. If you're earning... 250, there's a range, the next range is like $900 and that they consider a fee, right? But what the minimum tax is, it means that even if you earn $0 or your tax liability at the end of the year is less than $800, at a minimum, you're going to pay $800 in taxes. Now, how how does it kind of turn into this quote unquote fee that you have to pay as opposed to doing it at the end of the year? It's because As business owners, we are supposed to pay quarterly taxes. So if you start in, well, no matter when you start, let's say you start in January, February, or March, you do have to pay those first quarter taxes, right? So whenever you start at the end of that quarter that you started in, you have to pay those first quarter taxes. California wants you to pay the $800 up front, right? They're saying that your quarter, your first quarterly tax payment, depending on your revenue, is going to be at least $800. And you may get that back, I believe, at the end of the year, depending on what you do, right? Depending on what your tax liability is, but you may not because there's a minimum of $800 that we have to pay in taxes. 
So that's how it kind of gets confused as a fee. Now, reality of it is, even though we're supposed to pay quarterly taxes, a lot of businesses in the beginning don't pay the quarterly taxes. And I want you to do it as as much as you are able. I want you to pay your quarterly taxes. And the reason why is because if you wait until the end of the year, there is a penalty that's associated with paying your quarterly taxes late. Once you pay the penalty, as far as I know, no problem. You're not in any trouble. But why, you know, why pay extra interest if you don't have to? So now if you're thinking, oh my gosh, how do I do this? How do I pay quarterly taxes? How do I know what to pay? The easy solution is to find a bookkeeper in your area, in the in your field of expertise for your business and get with them so that you can make sure that you're categorizing the transactions correctly. And at the end of the quarter, they can run a report, do the calculations and let you know exactly how much you will owe for taxes each quarter. And once you pay them each quarter, it's not as scary as it sounds, right? And then it also reduces your tax liability at the end because you've already paid some money into that. So you won't have these like crazy large astronomical tax bills that you weren't expecting because you've been paying them a little bit along the way. So again, mistake number three is that a lot of new business owners don't pay quarterly taxes. The way to remedy that is to get with a bookkeeper and figure out how much you owe at the end of each quarter so there won't be any surprises. All right, number four is not building an audience before launching a business. Now, this one, I think is kind of, maybe it's not the best kept secret, but it is definitely something that I wish I would have thought more about before I launched my membership community. I was so head down focused on getting the content together and putting everything in place and, you know, doing all the other things that I needed to do that I let, you know, social media and things like that kind of slide. I wasn't focused on actually building my audience. So then when I actually did launch, I had a small number of people to launch my initial offer to. And while that may be okay for some folks, depending on what the conversion rate is, it's always better to have more people in your audience who may be potential buyers of your service or of your product. And I know that it divides your attention because on one hand, you're trying to get this business together and get it ready. And on the other hand, you need to start to build your audience. But I promise you, if you build a following, build an audience, build some buzz ahead of time, when you actually launch your business, you're going to feel so much better emotionally because you have people who are primed and ready to go because you spent that time a few months, six months, a whole year ahead of time getting people ready for the offer that you're putting into the market. And if that's not something that you are comfortable doing, then I would definitely hire someone to help build that buzz for you because it's, it's really going to pay off. Just on the emotional side of it, you know, you're putting all of your energy, your time, your blood, sweat, and tears into your business and you want it to be successful and you get excited when you get ready to start. You're proud of the offers that you're making out to the public, right? And if you don't get the response that you're looking for, it can take a little bit of an emotional toll. You can start to question, are you doing it right? Is this the right thing? And if you don't have enough people in your audience, you actually don't have enough people to test the proof or the concept that you were putting into market. So build that audience early so that when you launch, you have people ready to go prime to buy what you are selling them. That is a, a free tip for you that I definitely learned the hard way. That's for sure. And also it doesn't have to just be on social media. It might be because you're working with community partners. Maybe you're getting on other people's podcasts. Maybe you're doing guest trainings in different areas and just saying, 
hey, I'm getting ready to launch my own thing, get on my wait list so that you have people in that email list or that you are out speaking publicly to garner that attention that will benefit you in the long run. And the last thing I would say, the last mistake that new business owners make in my experience is getting distracted. Again, guilty. I'm so guilty of this as well. But if I can give you any, you know, besides building an audience, I think the next best piece of advice is to try and focus on one thing and focus on doing it well. There are, you know, if you all are familiar with in and out Burger, right? Pretty much all they do is burgers. They have different styles of burgers. They don't have chicken. I guess they have grilled cheese. They don't have chicken. They don't have bacon. They, you know, their menu is actually pretty simple and it's just variations of the same product as opposed to, I don't know, some, you know, other burger joint that's got chicken burgers. They've got turkey burgers. They've got black bean burgers. They've got, you know, jalapeno pot, you know, all these different things, right? Do your best when you launch to really narrow down your focus and focus on one, maybe two products, but really try and focus on just one. And the reason is, is because you can refine that and build your reputation about, around being the best and the go-to person for that particular product. It makes everything easier from marketing to social media, which brand awareness, branding, your copy gets easier because you're only talking about one thing. When you meet with people, um, sometimes I find even now, because I have so many different sort of assets in my portfolio because I've created all this different content, sometimes I don't know what to tell people that I do, right? And I have narrowed it down to basically talking about Transcend and then put the different things that I have, the different courses that I have inside Transcend. But if I'm talking to somebody, I'm like, oh yeah, I do some employment law. And yeah, I do some business formation. Oh, and contracts. Yeah, I do that too. And oh, and this, you know, people are like, uh... What can she help me with? And, and, you know, the branding or the recognition becomes sort of diluted. But if you think of me as the person to go to to form your LLC, I'm top of mind for forming your LLC. Or if you think of me as, you know, the founder of Transcend and Transcend is the one-stop shop for all your business and legal needs for black and brown entrepreneurs, then you think of, okay, I'm a black or brown entrepreneur and I need to start a business. I'm going to the one-stop shop that is Transcend, right? You're not thinking about all of these different things and trying to figure out when something applies to you. So really try and focus, narrow down your focus to one product, one service, one offering if you can, and get really good at being known for that offering and get really, really good at delivering that offer and uh, making it streamlined because then once you get that down pat and that system, that marketing system or that onboarding system becomes pretty easy, then you can start to branch out and add something else. And that next thing that you add, make it something that is attractive to the client you have already sold to. So maybe the first thing you're doing uh, architect plans for, I'm thinking of Lupe now, you're doing their architect landscape plans for their backyard. And then now maybe you have, I don't know, you can do like an interior garden or something like that, an indoor garden. You know, there's ways that you can keep people in your pipeline and involved by building upon what you have already done and offering the next step in the process. All right. So those are my uh, five common mistakes that business owners that new business owners make. They are waiting to form an LLC or a corporation until you have a certain amount of money. It's not necessary to wait not finishing the business formation paperwork, not paying quarterly taxes, not building an audience before launching your business and then getting distracted. 
All right. That is it for me today. I cannot wait to uh, talk to you again next week. And of course, don't forget to connect with me on social media. Um, on Instagram, I am Asha Wilkerson ESQ. Talk to you soon. Real quick, before we jump off, could you do me one small favor? Share this episode with one other business owner who could benefit from the content. Not only does it help us get the word out about the show, but it will also get your friend one step closer to building a business and leaving a legacy. With your help, we can make it happen. So if you've enjoyed today's episode, spread the word. Hey family, I am so thankful that you are here listening to Transcend the Podcast and I just want to make sure you know the best way to stay in contact with me and that's through joining my email newsletter. So please head on over to the wilkersonlawoffice.com slash newsletter and join the list. I will tell you everything over there from what my offerings are to bits and pieces of information about how to grow and scale your business to self-coaching all the way to giving you updates on what the new podcast episode is. So don't hesitate. Go do it now. The wilkersonlawoffice.com slash newsletter. Thanks.